I'm web strategist Wes McDowell, and this is The Profitable Website, the podcast where I share all my secrets to use your website and what's working now in digital marketing to reach more people and make a deeper impact with your prospects so you can supercharge your growth, eliminate the stress of inconsistent income, and build a business you love to show up for every single day. In return, I promise to show up to support you on every step of your journey. Let's put your website to work. All right, welcome to the show. Hope you're having a great start to your week. And guess what, guys? We need to talk about Facebook ads. It comes up here from time to time on the show just because whenever you think about marketing a small business or a service business or a local business, one of the first things you think about are Facebook ads. So obviously there's a lot to talk about in terms of what just went down with the whole Apple privacy update and how that's being affected. So I wanted to have an old friend of the show on, Gavin Bell. He's the director of the multi-award winning lead generation agency Yatter and just all around wealth of Facebook knowledge. So we're gonna talk today about a few things. First of all, we're gonna touch on kind of the state of the union of Facebook ads now that we're a few months into this Apple privacy update, you know, iOS 14. We'll talk about what's kind of not working as well, what's still working, how you can navigate around it. Then we're just gonna go into good old fashioned Facebook lead generation tactics that work for small businesses like yours, as well as how you can use organic Facebook to grow your business too. Gavin's got some amazing tips for you today. So let's get on to the interview with Gavin Bell. Gavin, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's good. Uh, You were one of the first guests we had back uh, when we first started the show. So uh, I was very happy to have you back on. I can't wait to dive into all things Facebook ads for lead gen for small businesses. I do think we need to address the state of Facebook ads right now, though, because as as this comes out, we'll have been sitting in that, you know, Apple privacy update for several months now. Where are ads at? Like, where are they still profitable? Any best pra- any new best practices we should be thinking about? Yeah, it's been it's been a really interesting journey over the last few months, especially as like so I I own an agency and therefore I've had to deal with lots of different clients and lots of different industries and uh, sectors and and try and you know unscramble the world of Facebook advertising and iOS fourteen for all these different companies and it's been it's been a challenge. Not gonna lie, it's been it's been an interesting challenge. I think, you know, before everything happened, before iOS 14 actually rolled out, there was so much talk in the marketing world of like, this is the end of Facebook. Facebook advertising is going to die. You're not going to be able to have success on Facebook anymore. And I, I was probably pretty scared as well as what, like, what was going to happen. But I'm thankful to say that, to be honest, other than a lot of the work that we've had to do to try and counteract all the problems, such as getting your domain verified and, you know, all the, all the small minor things that have come into having to, in an iOS 14 world, from a results perspective, there's not been as many changes as, or as there's not been as big an impact as I had kind of feared and, and thought that there might have been, which is, which is great. So I, I think that for if we look at like all of the accounts I have access to, because that's my knowledge and, and speaking to other people, most people will say that the damage that has been done isn't as big as, as had you know been expected. But there are some things that are definitely different in terms of like custom audience sizes. So being able to retarget your website traffic, those audiences are definitely smaller. And so it's much harder to use that data. 
and things and that results in things like if you're trying to exclude people that have already purchased on your website then sometimes those people aren't getting picked up because they've opted out of the tracking and so people that have already purchased something might might still receive an ad so there's these little yeah. things that have had an impact but it's not been catastrophic which is which is good that's good news I, I haven't been running a whole lot of facebook ads since this whole thing happened i was for a bit and i kind of just took a pause i was like let's see how this is going to shake out see what the advice is so do you think that this is kind of the worst of it in other words like do you think facebook is coming out with improvements, workarounds to kind of fill in the gaps from what's missing now? Yeah, definitely. And they've, they've already started. So there's, hmm. there's kind of, this is going a little bit kind of geek talk here, but one of the annoying things from the update was if you wanted to add any new events into Facebook. So when you're, tra- when you're tracking a Facebook ad campaign, you need to tell Facebook uh, when somebody has purchased or when someone has converted. And, with the new change, you're only allowed to have eight of those things in an ad account, eight of those events, eight, you're only allowed to track eight different things. And it used to be the case that you could have as many as you wanted. But now that you've got eight, if you ever want to add a new one in, then it took, basically all of your ads were paused for 72 hours. So for three days, your ads would go down. Already though, they've changed that and you know that's no longer the case. So they are... Okay. Like, I know that they're working hard on some of the, you know, the impacts of iOS 14 and they're working hard on making those things, you know, better. And at the end of the day, like small businesses make up a huge amount of Facebook's revenue. And so if they weren't doing anything to try and counteract that, then they're, they're going to be in deep trouble. Yeah. And they were more scared than anybody. They were putting out all the press releases about how this is going to affect small business. And it sounds like, well, I guess it would depend on the nature of your business. What are the types of ads that I think that you think are, have been most affected? If, if I was to give a group a type of ad that has been most affected, I would say small businesses where they maybe rely on retargeting a small group of people that visit their website. So, yeah. you know, let's say you've got a, a small e-commerce brand and a lot of your sales come from just doing a simple retargeting ad. Anyone that's been on my website, try and get them to buy a product again. Those types of campaigns have been affected because you know, you know, 90% or plus people are opting out of this tracking, which means when your audience size that you're retargeting was maybe uh, a thousand before, it's now down to a hundred people. So it's, right. you know, these audience sizes have been massively cut. But I do want to just kind of make sure I'm understanding this correctly, though. That's only the people on iPhones, right? So yeah. there's going to be a bunch of people who are visiting your site on desktop, and they're pretty much not affected, right? Yeah, so it's, it's purely from a, an iOS yeah, update. So basically, everyone's probably seen it. If you've, up, if you've updated your phone, it's not yeah. just Facebook that's affected by this. It's actually all of you know, every single app whereby... Mm-hmm. Uh, when you roll out your phone, you'll sh- you should get a prompt on the app that says, do you want to be tracked, basically, yes or no? And if you're saying no, then it means Facebook can no longer track you for things like custom audiences and retargeting and that type right. of stuff. Because, of course, everyone's saying no. Like, the, the way it's worded sounds terrible. It's, but at the end of the day, you and I know that's going to result in ads that are more tailored to you for things you care about. And it's also going to counter, you know what I mean? Like your example before, 
now let's say you bought a product, you're still going to get ads for it now. Exactly. So actually you may have not gotten them before. Like the company would know, okay, stop advertising to you because you've already bought it. But now you're just going to be getting those ads forever. This is the thing. Like we're, you're always going to get ads on Facebook and these platforms. So mm-hmm. it's a case of, do you want relevant ads or do you want irrelevant ads? And, and yeah. unfortunately when people opt out, then they're just going to get irrelevant ads. Yep, exactly. So what would you say to those business owners who have been affected by not being able to, you know, really target that smaller audience? Is there any workaround for that that would work for them? Yeah. So for me, what the kind of recommendation that we are giving is, is to try and focus on creating good video content if possible. So things like live streams and you know, short entertaining or educational videos and distributing those out to your audience because you can retarget people that have consumed your videos. And videos from a Facebook perspective always tend to perform better in terms of engagement and reach. And if you, if you put a little bit of advertising spend behind your videos, you can very quickly reach a large number of people. And, and you know, a lot, I know a lot of people that are listening to this are, are local business owners. So it's actually still relatively easy for you to produce some videos around your service. Let's say you're a chiropractor and you can create some videos around 10 reasons you've got back pain, you know, five ways to uh, solve your neck pain, these types of things. Post them on Facebook and put a little bit of advertising budget behind it, distribute it out to people in your local area. And it's quite easy to, you know, to reach a lot, a lot of people in your area. And then you can retarget the people that have consumed those videos into your, you know, your offers and your, your conversion funnels. Yeah, because Facebook is not stopping retargeting any traffic, anything that's, that happens within Facebook, you can retarget. Yeah. It's when you send people away, now the, mud, the waters become a little more muddy and you can't necessarily always do that. And what about the tactic as well? Let's say we still want to target people who've been to our website. It used to be you want to keep that kind of tight, right? You want to keep the hottest traffic people that maybe have been to your site in the last 10 days, let's say. But would it work to basically just up that time period then? Is that another good workaround to still be able to target people, but now it's 30 days or 90 days? Absolutely. So, you know, know, when we're building a campaign and it's a retargeting campaign, we'll do exactly what you say. So you try and start niche and small because those are the most relevant, hottest people probably already remember you. But if we find that that audience is too small, based on maybe the, you know, the brand just doesn't have a large audience, then we'll up that and we'll keep upping it until we've got a, you know, a good enough size. And, and this is no different. You know, the iOS change really just means that our audience sizes are smaller. And so we can just up that, you know, the time period that we're, that we're targeting people from to, to increase that audience size and, and still get the results. All right, nice. So what about lookalikes? How has that been affected here? Because lookalike audiences are consistently some of the highest performing targeting options out there. And it makes sense because it's basically using Facebook's AI to go find you more people just like your people. How's that been affected and what can we do about it? Yeah, so I mean, it has been affected because if we take a website traffic lookalike audience, for example, then the custom audience, which is what the lookalike audience is created from, is smaller. And therefore the lookalike audience, to create the lookalike audience, Facebook has less data to go and find those people. So mm-hmm. they, ha- they have been affected 
you know, that's how they've been affected from a technical perspective. From an, like an anecdotal perspective in terms of how we've used them, I, I would say, to be honest, I, I probably have seen a reduction in the performance of lookalike audiences compared to, you know, standard interest-based targeting. But it's still very early days since the iOS 14, you know, roll. And I mean, I mean it still is being rolled out. So yeah. it's still early days in terms of, you know, I, I would never come on here and say that lookalike audiences are dead or anything like that, because they're, they're certainly not. But early signs would say that there, there, there has been a slight reduction in performance of, of lookalike audiences. But saying that, a lookalike audience is, you know, is, is only going to be as good as the custom audience that it's created from. And so if yeah. you've got, you know, a website or, you know, you can create lookalikes from video views, from engagement on Instagram, engagement on Facebook, all of these different things. If you have a good, large core audience initially, then your lookalike audience isn't really going to be affected because Facebook's smart and, you know, they know what they're yeah. doing with the AI. I do have a question about that because the thing, obviously Facebook puts together these lookalike audiences from a lot of different data points, some of which are how people interact on Facebook and Instagram. And then some are like, what websites do they go to? All that, what are they researching? All that stuff. So in your view, how intact is this going to be? Like moving forward, let's say we've got the same number of people on our list. There's like 4,000 people either way, but now they're a little more hobbled because they can't follow them home anymore, so to speak. How do you think, how much do you think they're taking from Facebook and Instagram versus on the, the wild web, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, so it's an interesting one because what Facebook says and what Facebook does are probably two different things. So we're, when yeah. Facebook say, <laughs> you know, they take the data from, let's say you upload your cust- your email list to Facebook and they say that that's the only data points that they do. Well, they probably look at absolutely everything else as well and, and, and create a look like based on, on that. So now I think, I mean, the website traffic element of it from, from iOS is wiped out. There is going to be a, you know, a lack of data. And so lookalike audiences are, they are, they are going to be negatively affected just as custom audiences are. But I think when we look at lookalikes from video views, engagement on Facebook, these types of lookalike audiences, I think are going to, are going to be more important than, it's almost like they're going to be they're going to rise in the leaderboard in terms of what lookalike audiences you should be using. So I think overall we'll probably see a reduction in performance for a short period of time. I think Facebook will probably improve everything that they do. And I think like with anything, you know, any changes that happen in the marketing world, everybody gets scared and worried. The change happens. There's a little bit of a dip and then we all go back to normal and, and, uh, (laughs) and wonder why we were ever worried. Yeah, let's hope so. A lot of people are counting on that. So yeah. let's just talk basic lead gen for small businesses now. So what, what's working right now? What's kind of the hottest either trends or what do you see working really well in 2021? Yeah, I think the, so lead generation for, especially local businesses on a Facebook, from a Facebook ad perspective, I think a lot of businesses try and overcomplicate what they what yes. they what they do from a lead generation perspective. I'll give you, I'll give you a good, good example of this is people are, I think with the rise of like click funnels and funnels in general, 
people often try and create these big complex funnels with large email marketing systems where in reality, like if you're a small business and you're a one person band, you don't need all of that to, to max yourself out from, from work. So there, there's one person I, I was speaking to once and there are, so for anyone that's listening, I'm from the Shetland Islands, which is go to Scotland and then go as far north as you possibly can <laughs> in Scotland and then go even further north to the most northern island in Scotland. And that's where I'm from. So there's a population of like 22,000 people. And but how many ponies? <laughs> probably more than probably more than people, actually. Yeah. It's only frame don't of reference me. the Shetland, the Shetland pony. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't tell my fiance that, though, because she's dying to buy one. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I was speaking to this person who's a foot doctor. I can't remember the official, the official name. She was worried about creating... The, podiatrist that's the there one and she was trying to create this big fancy funnel and i was like all you need to do is offer people a free foot session whatever you want to call it like a free 30 minute foot session put an ad up on facebook target everybody in the local area that's above 50 because that's our target audience and yeah. say click here enter your name your phone number and i'll phone you back and we'll get you a free session booked in that's all she needs to do from a lead generation perspective to be filled to the brim. And because there's only 20,000 people in the island, her budget doesn't need to necessarily be very high either. And then yeah. obviously when she goes to meet that person, they get their free session, they love it. Of course, they're going to want to book in three to five more sessions over the next six months. So my, my, what, what I'm finding works more and more these days is just going back to the basics and going, okay, what is our, as a business, what is our, What's our sales process? What does it look like? So, and, you know, another example is a client that came and they, they put loft flooring into houses. So I was like, okay, that's an interesting one. It's basically, if you've got a new build house, you want more space, you can put a flooring in your, in your loft, in your, in your attic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, coming up with an offer for this is going to be interesting. So I was like, well, let's just look at your sales process then. How, how does it work? For them, it was people request a free survey they go into somebody's house, they do, they do the survey, they tell them the price of it, and that person then says yes or no. I was like, okay, well, free survey, that's a good enough offer. Let's just stick that up on Facebook with an ad, target people in the cities that you want to target. And we did that, and we were getting leads in for like, I don't know, 10 15 $20. So nice. I think go back to the basics, look at your sales process, and then think of, what is something that we can offer typically for free? I think that's the key thing is what can you offer for free that gets people in the door that then leads you nicely onto, onto a sales conversation. Yep. One of my, one of the quotes I always remember, I always go back to, do you know, John Taffer, the bar rescue guy? I don't know. Maybe it's just in the States, but he basically goes in and saves failing bars and he was on, I believe it was Gary V's podcast or something. And he gave this advice. I'll never forget. He said, you always want to give something away for free, not at a discount, because people get addicted to discounts. They don't get addicted to free. Meaning mm-hmm. if you give something at a discount, they're going to expect that discount every time they use you. They would never expect something for free more than once, like a free like dessert that. in a restaurant. They're not going to expect that every time. But if you give them 20% off, that's like, oh, how about the 20% off again? So that's why free is so powerful. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I think what's what's key with the free element is what a lot what I see a lot of people often do is they'll create something for free that doesn't lead on to a sales conversation. So a right. common one would be like an ebook. 
Now, don't get me wrong, ebooks can be great to build your list, and I have ebooks and I give them away for free to build my list. But an ebook for me very rarely turns in from someone downloading an ebook to then becoming an agency client. It just doesn't tend to happen. So think about how what can you offer for free that like guides somebody nicely into a sales conversation. So the the free foot session, the you know, the free massage if you're a chiropractor, free teeth cleaning if you're a dentist, the free survey for your for your loft flooring. These are really nice ways to get people into your world and start that sales conversation. Okay. So you do feel that that's enough? Because that's one thing I've always wondered about in terms of, I, I get the idea behind like a free massage or a free service. But when we're talking about just a free consultation or like a free, basically I'll come out and tell you how much this is going to cost. Is that generally enough of a free thing to give when when let's face it most of those are free anyway yeah most people know that it can be enough if the problem is big enough okay so a free consultation works really well in like health industries for example because Mm -hmm. you're saying for your ad will be you can't say it word for word like this because facebook wouldn't approve it but you know are you suffering from back pain grab a free consultation and we'll we'll show you how to fix it that's enough because someone's suffering with back pain and they want to get out of that state of pain. If you're talking you know, like Facebook advertising for me, I could never put up an ad on Facebook and say, get a free Facebook ads consultation because nobody wants to speak to a marketer about getting yeah. a free consultation. So we have to work a little bit harder to try and get people interested in those types of services. So I would say it depends on, it depends on the service, but also on the level of pain that that person might be in which kind of brings us to a good business point anyway, which is like you should always try and make your business, your product, your service, a painkiller as opposed to like a vitamin. Like you want, you need to be solving a pain that people have. And the bigger the pain that the people have, the easier it tends to be on advert from an advertising perspective to get them in the door. Yeah. And this, this is a question I've often wrestled with and people ask me all the time, you know, as marketers, we know that picking at the pain points is always going to do a better job at selling anything. But Facebook always has these rules floating around that say, we don't want negativity, but yet I see these ads sometimes. So is there just, are some people just falling through the cracks or is Facebook not really too worried about it? What, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely people that fall through the cracks when you see some of the ads that are, are live, but the, the key ones that, we fall in, not fall into, but the key ones that we see coming up tend to be unrealistic claims. So Mm -hmm. you basically can't make any claim that Facebook deems unrealistic, even if it's true and it did happen. So you can't say, you know, like lose 10 pounds in 10 days because that would be unrealistic to Facebook, even if every single one of your customers did that. Before and after pictures in the health and fitness world doesn't, you can't do that. So no before and after. And then the key one, uh, that comes up probably most often is uh, calling out personal attributes. So you, yeah. Facebook doesn't let you say things like, are you suffering from back pain or are you, you know, are you dyslexic? You know, Facebook won't let you say anything like that. If you see anything that is like that, then it's fallen through the cracks because more often than not, they'll disapprove those pretty quickly. Okay. So if I can't say, are you suffering from back pain? How would you say it? So what I like to do is go down the educational route. So if you have a back pain service, rather mm-hmm. than saying, do you suffer from back pain? What I'd say is learn how others 
are finding treatment for their back pain or learn how other, you know, let's say you're based in Illinois, learn how others in Illinois are finding relief from their back pain. That's yeah. So it's, it's turning it from a, like about you to about other people and that, that way you can get past Facebooks. Yeah, that's smart. I like that. All right. So that's some great, those are some great ideas for paid ads. So let's talk now more about the organic side of Facebook. Cause I know some people listening to this probably want to do it on a, a budget or for free. So what do you see working right now in terms of just using organic Facebook for lead gen? The, there's one trick that works really well for, for me right now that I want to share which is, well, having a video content strategy on Facebook okay. is kind of, I would say, is key to having success on, on Facebook. So, you know, even if you are a podcaster and you do audio, try and get the video from that or create a video from that and upload that to Facebook is performs really well. Don't ever post any, well, you can, but if you post any links, then typically you're you know, your reach is going to drop massively. So you want to try and, and create content that's valuable for the people on the platform at that time. But then, as we all know, organic reach on Facebook is, you know, at an all-time low. So the question becomes, once we've started creating the content, is how do we distribute it? And one of the best ways to distribute your content right now is to share it in relevant Facebook groups. So I used oh, okay. to... I used to create a lot of outdoor Scottish content. So when I'd go hiking at the weekend, I would film it and I'd upload it. And I used to get like at least 40, 50,000 views a week on these videos, totally organic. Sometimes wow. if they went viral, they'd go like two, 200, 300,000 views. My content strategy was simple. Upload the video, let it sit for a couple of hours and get like, you know, traction from my audience. It might get like 20 likes or something. But then what I do is I would share it into every single outdoor Scottish Facebook group. And without fail, you would just get tens of thousands of views. Now, going back to kind of what we spoke about earlier, if you're a marketer, you can't really do this because creating a marketing video, uploading it to a marketing group, they're just going to call you a spammer. Yeah. But if you are a local business, there's going to be tons of, lo of local Facebook groups from people that are all communicating in there. So I live in Edinburgh and I know if I go on Facebook and type in Edinburgh and filter it to groups, there'll be like 10, 20, 30, 40 different groups of people in Edinburgh. And so if I've got a local business in Edinburgh, those are perfect places to share your content in. Now, you don't want to be going in and posting spammy, you know, like buy my stuff type content, but if you've got something yeah. that's really valuable, like the top five cafes in Edinburgh or, you know, the, best place to get your back massage in, in Edinburgh and sharing it into those groups can be a really good way to start distributing that video content. So, so start producing the video content and then look at the different groups that you can join and share your content into those groups and pretty much every industry except for marketing and, and, you know, business services that will work really well for. That's awesome. That's a really good tip. I never thought about even doing that. And I like your, pre-tip there which is sharing it with your audience first to build up the likes because the more likes you have on something the more other people are going to tend to like it too so and just so i'm aware that social proof is built up when you go to share it in the group correct yeah it like still so, carries over so i think what what happens is you'll 
your shared post in the group will get its own likes and comments. Mm -hmm. But what you will see is that people will, you know, maybe they click on the video and then it opens up your video on your page. So when they like it there, then, so there, you will get the likes on your page and you will then also get the likes on the shared posts, but you'll always see, you know, a crossover of people will end up liking on your page. And then when they do that, you can click on the people that have liked your, liked your post and go and invite them to, to follow your page. That's awesome. So obviously we're, we're posting this from more of a business page rather than a personal. Yeah. And once we get, let's say we've put it in a, a group, we've got a lot of eyeballs on it. A lot of people are watching it. How do we get them back to our page? And then what do we want to have on our Facebook page that's going to lead to, you know, getting a new client or a new customer? Yeah. Any tricks there? So so touching on what I just mentioned on Facebook and not everyone knows this little tip, but every time somebody likes your post on Facebook, you can go and click on the li- and reaction, whatever, click on mm-hmm. the reactions and you can then go and invite all of those people to like your page. So that can be a really good way to get people that have consumed your content to then follow your page and hopefully see your future content. So that's one thing that you, you definitely want to do. What I had to do at the height of the Scottish-based content, because there was literally hundreds of likes, is I had to hire a VA to go and do that for me every week. She would go in and, and just go and see and invite everybody. The second thing, which might sound basic and simple, but is often overlooked, is just ensuring your Facebook page looks good. Like your profile photo yep. isn't cropped out. Your cover image isn't cropped out and is designed nicely. Like get a designer to design these things properly for you because it makes a difference. Yes. That your about section uh, you know, actually makes sense. That your email is there, your phone number is there, your opening, like everything that you can possibly give to a customer is there. Don't overlook these little things. Uh, yeah. And then something that can be a, a really cool way to, to, to drive conversions is to have a pinned post and that pinned post can be your kind of promotional, you know, get my free massage or get my free survey or, you know, whatever that thing is for you, but have that there sat on the, on the pinned post. And I was and hoping I know you were going to say that. That's what I, yeah, that's what I recommend too. I was, I was hoping you'd say that. That's such a under the radar thing that most people don't even think to do, but it's so simple. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's a free, it's a free billboard. It's, yeah. it's like, a, it's a free it's, a free, oh, it's a effect, effectively a free ad because when we talk about retargeting people that have consumed your videos, they're going to see, you know, your offer, but you're paying for that. But if people are consuming your videos for free via your distribution in groups, then your pinned post is a chance to get eyeballs on that offer for free. Yeah, absolutely. So now, now that we've gotten people to maybe like our page, as you said, organic reach is pretty low. So even if you were to post stuff at that point, a very little percentage of those people will see it. So do you have any tips in terms of the kind of content you should be posting in that, on that page to get the most amount of traction from it? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two things and this is both what I would advise. And it's also what Facebook advises is the best for their algorithm, which is either educational content. So we're Mm -hmm. teaching people things or entertaining content. So we're making people feel things. And if you can do both and combine them both at the same time to create edutainment content, I think that's oh, the yeah. word I'm going to call it, <laughs> then, then even better. So, you know, if you're a service provider, I'm just going to use an example of a chiropractor again, 
like three reasons you're suffering from back pain, five questions that we are asked all the time. These types of videos would be really good examples of, of educational content. They're really good because if somebody watches a video on why you're suffering from neck pain, they're effectively qualifying themselves as somebody that has neck pain. They've yeah. consumed your content and hopefully there's then a level of trust. And then from, but what, what I would say is you're very rarely going to go viral with that type of content because people aren't going to share three reasons you've got neck pain. It's the entertaining content that can often get you the virality, but at the same time, sometimes often doesn't translate into sales. So I think there's a, a combination of trying to get educational and entertaining content. So you're both, ed, you know, you're both educating people to try and drive them into your, into your funnel, but you're entertaining people to try and kind of grow that, that larger reach. Yeah, totally. So I do want to make, I want to ask one clarifying question there. You did mention in that post, you could say something like, are you suffering from back pain? So my question is, does that fly better on organic content? That kind of saying you, are you suffering with versus what we talked about before? Yeah. So you can say it by, by law. I'm putting the right. inferred uh, commas there. You can say it, but you wouldn't ever be able to put money behind it. It would get flagged if you tried boosting it, for example. So you, to be honest, you're probably best not saying it at all and, and go with the other option I mentioned earlier, like learn how others are doing it, but you could technically by, by the rule book do it. All right, cool. So, and we all know that generally speaking, these social media platforms tend to reward people that use the newest features. So I know it used to be the case if you were doing a live video, you got kind of a push out, meaning more people would see it. Is that still the case? If people did a live video on their page, would they up their chances of being seen? Well, I, I don't think there's a huge amount anymore to say that they pushed live streaming as like a New York feature, but typically you will see that live streaming does perform better than normal video because... Now they're after you. I'll let that go. <laughs> no worries. Classic. Yeah. Let me, do you want to ask that question again or what's the easiest yeah, from an editing? Yeah. And we're taking this out. I just have to be clear about that. Well, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Platforms push the latest yes, features. So yes. do we get that from? Okay. So if people were to do like a live video, would that get pushed out more so than just a pre-recorded video? Is that looked at as more valuable by Facebook? It certainly used to be the case that, you know, if you were to do a live stream, Facebook would push that more in the algorithm because it's a new feature. Like we, we saw it on LinkedIn as well, when LinkedIn released their live streaming, like I jumped on that as soon as I got it and the reach was, was massive because it's a new feature. They want people to see it. Same yeah. with Instagram reels and you know, all the different platforms when they bring these new things out. I, w I wouldn't say that live streaming anymore gets more engagement or you know, boosted in the algorithm because it's a live stream, but I do see that they tend to perform. They have shorter lifespans, but they tend to perform better in that shorter lifespan because what happens is you get people on that live stream. And if people are engaging with you on that live stream, commenting and liking, well, that pushes that, you know, that's a signal to Facebook that it's a, it's a good thing and it pushes more people to it. Yeah. But also the, the average watch time, so how long people are spending watching that video is typically longer on a live stream because they're there, they're watching it as opposed to a video. So that's, again, it's another signal. So I'd say that you don't get a boost because it's a live stream as in you're using the feature, but you 
you probably do get a boost because you get that engagement, you get that longer watch time, which is signals to Facebook that they want to see. Yeah, nice. So one more, one last topic I want to touch on before we wrap up here. What are your thoughts of small businesses starting, you know, a free Facebook group as opposed to their page? Do you see any benefits to it? Is it worth it? Yeah, F- Facebook groups are one of those things where if it works well, it can work really well. If, if it doesn't work so well, then it can be just the most enormous time suck ever. Yeah, And, I, and I'm speaking of somebody that has ran Facebook groups in the past. And I, and I had a Facebook group once that was, I think, a thousand members or so. And it was really highly engaged. But for me to get it high engaged, I was doing live streams in there every Friday. I was doing freebies. I was doing, you know, all sorts to try and get that engagement up. Did I get any customers from it? No, I didn't. Did um, I get Did I get a following from it? Yeah, I, I probably did. And what that did allow me to do, though, when I say I didn't get any customers, what it did allow me to do was, is I reached out to that audience and I said, you know, what are you looking to learn from Facebook ads? What are you struggling with Facebook, you know, with Facebook ads right now? What would happen if you were to overcome those problems? And I got served, I got loads of survey responses from these people because they were engaged and, you know, they liked me and they knew me. Uh, and what I was able to do was I took all of those responses and I launched a membership from that. So I didn't directly get, you know, people in the group funneling into my business, but the people in that group kind of formed what was a new membership. And then they did actually buy the membership when I, when I launched it. So I, I would say that don't expect a Facebook group to be an easy way to build a following to funnel people into your business, but it can be used to, you know, build a following, but it's going to take an enormous amount of work. And I, sure. if, if someone came to me saying they wanted to do a Facebook group, my response to them would be, are you sure about that? Like, <laughs> are you really sure about that? They would have to convince me to do it. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I mean, these are all, cause it's one of those things people talk up so much and at the end of the day, is it really worth it? It sounds mm-hmm. like it's, it's a big effort. So yeah, I mean, I, I've had, what I have had a lot of success with is short term Facebook groups for like a challenge. So last year we, we did okay. two five day challenges and they were both in Facebook groups and the challenge was basically get people into the group, I did a live stream every day for five days and on day three, four, and five, we pitched them to join a membership. Uh, sorry, not a membership, like a mastermind program. And that did amazingly. Like the engagement was so high and we got loads of people coming in. We did, we did, about a, we did a 30K launch the first time. And so it was a really successful, like week long campaign that was revolved around a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. So for that, absolutely, they can be great. But for as a long-term thing, I would always be wary of doing it just because the amount of time it takes to do it. And also you're, you know, you're fighting against Facebook's algorithm all the time. So you're just, you're almost like begging for engagement to keep it going. And then for a real community, you need other people to communicate. And that's a very, very hard thing to do in a Facebook group alone. Okay. Super interesting stuff. All right. Thanks Gavin so much for being on here again. I've learned a lot and I think uh, everyone else has too. So Hope to have you on a third time sometime in the future. I would love that. Thanks so much yeah. for having me. Yeah. And where can people find out more about you if they want to learn more about Gavin? Yeah. I'm the most active place I am on 
line right now is on Twitter, and my my handle is at Mr. Gavin Bell, so you can find me there. Uh, and if you want to learn anything about you know the work we do, then it's weareyatter.com. All right. Thanks so much, Gavin. Talk to you soon. Thank you. And I do want to let you guys know about a special promotion that I've worked out with my web host of choice, Bluehost, for you guys to get about 65% off of your web hosting if you need a website. You know, if you need a website, you definitely need web hosting. And Bluehost is just one of the best ones I've ever worked with. They host my website. I use them for all of my clients when I was working with clients. They're just super easy. They've got great customer service, great uptime. They're fast and they're very affordable and really easy to get up uh, and running with a WordPress install. So normally it costs $8.95 a month, but using my affiliate discount, you can get that down to $2.95 a month, which is again about 65% off. So just go to westmcdowell.com slash hosting to take advantage of that discount. Again, that's westmcdowell.com slash hosting. All right, guys, that's it for this week. We've got another exciting episode coming your way next Monday. But until then, I want you to remember that learning is one thing, but taking action is everything. So let's go out there and make it real. Talk to you next time.